The Rockets Chop Shop is your one-stop shop for all your basketball needs, for highlights, analysis, podcasts. We do it all here at The Rockets Chop Shop. Make sure you hit the like button on the videos that you watch if you enjoy them. Hit the subscribe button to get notifications from all the great drops that we have on the channel. Also, you can visit the Chop Shop merch store and get you some of the swaggiest gear in the Houston Rockets kingdom. And if you want, you know, you can always support the channel directly through donations. And if you want, you can support us through our partnerships with our sponsors. The Rockets Chop Shop is made by fans for fans. And we're going to keep rocking and keep dropping that heat. This is something I know. What is up, CSGs? We just witnessed the Houston Rockets destroy the New Orleans Pelicans in preseason, beating them by, let's see, let me do my math here. That's 33 points, 33 points. Um, and it was from start to finish. We just dominated them in all aspects of the game. I'm gonna give you five reasons why the Rockets won right now. Um, for Jabari Smith, um, I, I think he, he really, you know, I think overall, you know, he's up and down with the Pels. Uh, they have players that he could take advantage of uh to me everybody on their roster you know he could probably bully and with his new strength i want him to punish anybody that is not a, a, anybody actually you think if you put a big man on him you could stretch him uh by getting to the perimeter all their players he could do something with them whether it's posting them up or bringing them out um jabari i think jabari should fare pretty well against them he's only averaged 10 points uh, you know, not, not not really much shooting 36% from the field, 17 from three. But that was Jabari was just trash all last year. Hopefully he, his new form is going to be something that translate. And boy, did it translate. Jabari Smith Jr. was just dynamic all over the court. And as I said in the video, like he's a player that in any aspect of the game, especially on the offensive side, he's a mismatch. Whether you have a big man on him that's you know gonna try to play off of him, that's a three-point shot. Whether you have a smaller player that is gonna allow him to get into the post, um, that's gonna be a jumper that he makes, or whether it's uh, you know a player that's trying to stop him from getting the three off where he can attack the closeout. One thing I've seen from Jabari's is increased handles, right? It's enough for him to get to the basket. And that's really what's important. Doesn't really matter about um, you know, him being able to like shake guys like Kyrie or anything like that. Can he get to the basket with his handle and finish? And I think that's something that he was able to show. He showed it in the summer league. It's translating now to the regular season, even though it was just a preseason. But Jabari, I'm thoroughly impressed and him kind of coming to form. I mean, guys, it's year one. 0.002 for Jabari. It's the second game of the preseason in the second year. He hasn't even reached the midseason of this year. We haven't even seen post All-Star break year two Jabari yet. So for, for him, this is what it's going to be. The shot variety. I said this on previous videos. His shot diet was terrible from the previous regime. Had him as a three and D wing you know, a floor spacer taking way too many threes, taking six, seven threes a game. I think in this in, in these two games in preseason, he's probably taken what four threes, five threes in um, both games combined. That's really he really needs to be around three or four three pointers. And it's really going to happen in the flow of the game as it comes through. But I want him to be attacking the basket. I want him to be posting up guys. I want him to be hitting his three-pointers, coming off of screens. Um, I love the two-man game I saw with him and Shangoon. But for him to drop 22 points, 
nine rebounds on high efficiency um, against a team that he's historically struggled with really, really does kind of start changing a lot of y'all's perception. And I say y'all because I've been telling y'all, right? One of the first videos I made was talking about what Jabari is. Um, and I think, you know, the comparison of him being a quote unquote 6'10 Clay Thompson, but to me, that's that's um, that's not what he is. That's a misnomer for who Jabari is. Jabari is a power forward and we could take it back to the era of the power forwards. You know, those early 2000s, uh, uh, you know, the 2000, you know, to 2004, five, six and on where power forwards ruled the NBA until the LeBron James uh, uh, entered. And, you know, obviously Kobe, the shooting guard and stuff had their time. But there was an era where you had Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, Chris Bosh, Amari Stoudemire, Rasheed Wallace. You know, you can go down the list where we had all these dynamic power forwards in the game that were just killing people, just killing the game out of the mid to high post able to able to just destroy uh you know especially in the playoffs that's where that skill set uh comes in that mid to high post where you can just go to work and force teams to have to double team you and you start kicking it out that's how he's going to generate his his superstardom is from that mid to high post because those fadeaways those turnaround jumpers once you can hit those at a 50 percent clip and let's see from the field jabari shot 69 percent he's going to be a 50 percent field goal shooter Right. He's going to be a guy that from that that floor space where he's in the mid to high post, he's going to be able to get that shot off anytime. That is a playoff shot. And I love that little glimpse of a two man game between him and Alperin Shangoon, because once again, big on big screens inside the three point line is definitely a thing. And that's the thing that I want to see them explore even more. But when he's playing like the way he's playing now, he's a different just a different beast. And it really just makes the Rockets just a really, really potent team. A lot of the negatives we had last year because of him, the heights we're going to reach are going to be because of him as well, because he changes the, the, the dynamic of what we are. When he's shooting and playing that defense, when he's having a healthy shot diet, um, Jabari has, you know, all the makeup to be a closer where you can just give him the ball. We already seen the clutch gene in him. But, you know, in those playoff games, like I said, everybody knows your plays. Damn the defense, damn the offense. Give the guy, the ball to a guy that you know is going to do something with it. I'll throw it to Jabari. Go work. You know what I mean? Go work. If it's a small guy, shoot over him. If it's a big guy, give him a couple dribbles. Get to your spot and pull up on him with that high release from that 6'11 frame. It's, it's really, really uh, something exciting to watch. But he was the big reason why we won this game. And speaking of Jabari, he's going to lead us into Frank's play of the game. Okay, so... We get Fred bringing the ball up into an entry pass to Shangoon. Now, I want you guys to notice what Jalen does prior to that entry pass. He cuts across uh, the top of the key there. You get a little fake rub screen there from Alperin Shangoon. Um, you know, the defense for the Pels thinks typical, you know, he's, they're going to give Jalen the ball. Then Alp is going to come and set a screen. They're going to go into pick and roll action. That's what everybody's preparing for. You can see all of them are ready. They get the entry pass, but... Nope, that's not what the play is going to be. Then you get this flex uh, this flex screen right here from Jabari with the intention of getting Jalen feet in the paint. And here's the bind that the defense is in. I think that's uh, um, Kyra, Kyra Lewis, whatever his name is, guarding Jalen Green there. And you have Zion there um, that's guarding Jabari. Now, 
this play because it caught them off guard that they're not used to the Rockets running this action. Um, what you have is Kyra trying to fight over the screen and his mind is stop Jalen. That's what he's trying to do right now is just stop Jalen from getting to this 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 layup that he's about to get. And you know, Al is about to throw that thing because, you know, he's ready for, it. you know, he's going to dime him up. And then Zion notices that his his uh, his his teammate there is beat on the screen and he has to make a decision here. That's the bind right there. Zion is in a bind. Either him and Kyra can communicate this extra last minute switch, which might be too late, or Zion has to help and cut off the drive from Jalen. But this bind, look what it opens up for. Quick recognition by Fred Van Vliet. Saw that immediately, read that perfectly. And you, when you're shooting these practice shots in a game, you're, you're bound to have a good game. So I was not surprised. Jabari was able to get a shot off of an action designed to get Jalen Green a dunk. Um, just with the, the variance within the offense leads to a wide open three-pointer um, for, uh, for Jabari Smith Jr. there. So another major reason why the Rockets won this game was great, just great coaching, right? And this was evident in the way that they adjusted their offensive game plan from game to game. In the Pacers game, the Rockets ran hella handoffs, a lot of off-ball movement, a lot of off-ball cutting and motion. In this game, they ran a lot of pick and rolls. They ran pick and rolls um, attacking Jonas Valachunas because he is a big that plays the drop. So we as Rockets fans already know about the drop. By now, every Rockets fan should know what the drop is. And Jonas is a drop big. And when you have a drop big, you exploit it, especially when you have players that are able to get into the paint with speed and shooters that can come off screens and everybody ate off of Jonas and and to even add more to that um the fact that Alperin was spacing out as a five at the top of the key really put him in no man's land a lot on defense because he's not comfortable being at the level of the three-point line with Alperin Shangun and at the same time he has to protect the paint so it was really just bad, just team defense on their part. And he was really hung out to dry. They really attacked him. They attacked him. And to the tune of him having zero points, he went 0 for 4 on the game. Um, he did not have an impactful game. He was almost unplayable. And this is done by scheming. And this is this type of stuff that you see in the playoff setting where guys like him become unplayable, where you have to go with Zion at the five or play him in sparing minutes. And I'm saying all this because this is the level of coaching that we're seeing from the Rockets. Emilio Doka is a guy that's coached in the NBA finals. Let's not forget that. To get to the finals, going through Eric Spolstra, going through Bud in Milwaukee, to go through um, all these great coaches and the, the, the battles in the coaching room, the X's and O's matchups that he's seen, even in the short times as a head coach, to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Steve Kerr and his staff, and then now to be in Houston, um, going against the Willie Green, you know, no shot at Willie, but yeah, they got out coach, bro. Like that was a coaching clinic. And, and the fact that they can go from one offensive play style to another offensive play style from one game to another just shows you the level of coaching and how important it is to have an elite coach, because a lot of coaches are comfortable doing what they're doing and they will not switch it up. Um, just out of just stubbornness or this is what they, they do and they want teams to adjust to them. Whereas Coach Udoka is very comfortable switching up the game plan and letting the other team uh, adjust to him and us adjusting to what they do and waiting for their counter. And if they don't counter and it's preseason, a lot of teams aren't going to counter in the preseason. 
Um, I would expect Willie Green and his staff in the regular season game to have subbed out Jonas Valachunas and put in somebody else to be at the five uh, in order to not be exploited like they did. But, you know, shout out to Coach Udoka and his staff for doing that because that was genius. And, and it really, really, really was the thing that really blew the game open offensively for us. So one of my keys to the game in the pregame when I did the video for that was the matchup between Alperen Shangun and Jonas Valachunas. Definitely wanted to see what this would look like. And Al P, he didn't have a great offensive game, uh, but he really just overall dominated that matchup. I think he had four steals in this game. Two of those steals were off of uh, Jonas in the paint and a lot of the steals we got were ripping him like the they made a concerted effort not to let him get off because he has hurt us in the past and Al P held his own which just shows that collective growth his defensive IQ is really on display right now and I love how the coaches have empowered him to be able to be more flexible with the things that he's doing I'm not going to say that you know we are comparable to this team in like as far as skill wise or how good uh, we are but I really see a lot of similarities between what the Rockets are doing, what the uh, the uh, the 2019 Raptors did with Kawhi Leonard. And the reason I'm saying that is that you have and one of their, you know, their starting center was Marcus Saul. And at that point in his career, he was not doing anything athletic. He could barely jump over two sheets of paper. But with a group of great defenders around him, including Fred Van Vliet, including Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, guys that are smart and high IQ in position. You think about what we have on this team with Tari Eason and Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet uh, here as a Houston Rocket. You think about Jabari, you think about the different body types that we have on this team, the length on the perimeter, uh, how we play the passing lanes. With that big body Shangun has, similar to Marcus All, all you have to do is learn where you need to be and anticipate. Like Coach Udoka said, he is a better athlete than a lot of players that are really good defenders so there's no reason except effort that a player with his IQ level shouldn't be a good defender especially on a team with high level defenders as we have right now with the Houston Rockets so proud to see what he did on that end of the court um, able to play good defense against Valachunas able to uh, uh, get out there on on the island against a lot of great offensive players and hold his own cut off a lot of guys from getting in the paint, forcing them to pass out. They couldn't explo exploit the drop because we gave them different looks. He was more up on the screens. And even if they were able to come off the screen and catch him in a bit of a drop, he ate up the space in that no man's land I talked about fairly quickly. Our guards and wings did a great job fighting around screens, especially Fred and Dylan. Um, Jalen's still struggling with his screen navigation, but most overall, everybody else did. And when they struggled with their screens, the help came from the guys that were stunning and trying to get the ball out of their hands. So great job for all of them working collectively as a team uh, to be able to stop uh, uh, all the Pelicans player and gave them fits in this game. But that matchup between Jonas and Al P uh, lived up to what it was going to be and Al P dominated it. I'd like to see that keep going with the different bodies that we're going to see throughout this year, especially guys that are bigger than him that he struggled in before. It's time for him to start flipping it on them and using his superpowers, what he's great at, to make those guys unplayable, right? Use your spacing and your passing to make them uncomfortable. Uh, on defense, try to force them to spots where you know the help is going to be at and just keep doing those smart high IQ things that he did in this game to really show that he can be on the floor in key moments. And I think he showed a little bit of that in the last game and he added to that in this game.
major reason why the Rockets won this game was their team defense. I mean, they were on a string playing like just one entity on the most parts of the night. And a lot of it had to do with active hands. Fred, Dylan, Tari were just wrecking havoc. Alpee wrecking havoc, taking charges, swiping at the balls, getting guys. Uh, every time a, a Pelicans player try to dribble or get comfortable dribbling, steal, right? Anytime you try to do a spin move, there was somebody swiping at the ball, trying to get it out your hands. They were like, like I put on Twitter, like a pack of wolves. And it really just shows the impact of Coach Adoka's culture on these, these players. And a lot of these players are the same players that were here last year, um, giving poor effort on that end of the court. You could see when people are dedicated to it, what the difference is, it's like night and day. But the team defense was special. Um, they gave, like I said, gave them a lot of different looks. We played a drop when we need to play the drop. When Jeff was in there, they switched one through five. Um, they trapped a lot of the guys as they started digging in the post. Um, they, they, you know, they were just get, making it hard on these players. Um, Brandon Ingram got off a little bit, but that was pretty much it. CJ McCollum got off a little bit because he's, you know, he's a good shooter and they conceded. If you're going to hit those 30 foot threes, go for it, bro. But everything else they did was hard and they did not allow a lot of pain attempts and a lot of successful pain attempts and conversions from the Pelicans to hold Zion Williamson to two of three. Zion only took three shots. Zion only took three shots in my keys to the game. Like he was somebody that I, I was thinking, you know, how are we going to guard Zion? My, the way I assumed it was you put Jabari as a point of attack defender and you help from the outside, almost like how they guarded Giannis uh, when they started building the wall. Right. And that's really exactly what they did. And Zion is even though as quick as he is, he was seeing multiple bodies every time he got a paint touch. And that was for everybody. So just great um, scheming there by the coaching staff. Great execution. All of this shows growth for the Rockets that you can watch film, right? I'm sure they watched film and saw how the Pelicans attacked them in previous years, whether offensively and defensively. Watch that film. Uh, come up with a game plan that addresses specifically what you need to beat this team and then execute that game plan. To do that, even though in the preseason on this small scale, it does show a level of attention to detail from the coaching staff and a focus by the players. And when people start talking about play-in and playoffs, these are the type of things that you're going to be able to uh, want to see from your team. This is what you want to see. Are they focused enough to be able to scout teams? Like Coach Doka said in a press conference, know your personnel you got to know your personnel and that little term of kyp just really shows that they are making adjustments on a game-to-game -game basis it's not just let me run what i run because that's what i run once again high level coaching implementing a game plan executing it and and having a defense basically pitch a shutout holding a team to 87 points in the NBA, even in the preseason, is impressive. So shout out to the defense and shout out to Amen Thompson having a chance to play with the ones as a rookie in your second NBA game and not looking lost. He actually looks comfortable and competent, switching, uh, making calls, communicating with his teammates, rotating when he needs to rotate, being where he needs to be. Impressive, impressive, impressive showing by him. And that dunk was crazy. But, you know, Amen, I think once again, low end floor he's going to be a guy that's going to be on the floor in, in any game that you want him to be in 
You know what I mean? He's not scared to shoot. Really loved the game he put together this game. Um, and I, I love that he got in early with the ones to be able to run that backup point guard, which is looking like he's going to take that position. Um, but yeah, the defense was special. And this is something I'm going to be excited for looking into this uh, this coming season. A small point of emphasis, and this 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 to me is, is an additional reason as a byproduct of their offensive play style as they adjusted, is their increased three-point attempts. You know, I complained about it in the first game that they, I think they only shot 25 threes or 22 threes, something like that. That's not going to cut it in NBA. Teams are just going to outshoot you, and the math is going to make you lose games. But when you are running pick and rolls, you can generate more threes out of running pick and rolls than um, generally running handoffs with the intention of getting in the paint. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with running a bunch of dribble handoffs and cutting and stuff like that. If the guys that are gonna be cutting and getting the ball aren't just tunnel vision gods, they won't actually pass it out to teammates. And I don't think a lot of our players haven't reached that level yet where they're getting in the paint and kicking it out and swinging it. It'll come over time as they get used to these actions, but something they are used to is the pick and roll and Fred Van Vliet was running beautiful pick and rolls in this game. Jalen and Al P having the nice two-man game. We even saw Man Thompson get into it with, with Boban. <laughs> so all of this is just shows you like we have the personnel to do multiple styles of offense, but that pick and roll does generate a lot of threes based on how the defense guards it. When the help comes, when the, the, the tag comes to stop the big man from rolling, those three-point opportunities are going to be there. Um, and, and then when, you know, they try to collapse the paint, then you can kick it out. So we need to increase our three-point attempts. I think we have decent shooters. We're not a great shooting team, but as I pointed out in the video I made prior to this, uh, the preseason about how the, the Celtics that went to the finals, uh, their starting five were not good at shooting threes. The best three-point shooter on that starting five was Jason Tatum, and he was shooting, I think, 35.9%. Uh, from threes that year and that was the highest on the starting five everybody was sub 35 um so for the rockets it's not really about um the percentages per se it's the quality and where you're getting your shots from and the timeliness yes people are going to take pull-up threes and random threes um like fred did a couple of times but the majority of your threes for both your starters and your bench players have to be the high quality catch and shoot threes generated out of the flow of the offense and i think tonight we got to see that um and led to them shooting you know 35 percent uh on threes for a team is really really good overall takeaways of the game is that the rockets are a real team we uh, we are a real nba team and now as we're laying the foundational bricks of this house of contendenship we're trying to build um, you get to see some of our players grow and develop and, and you'll see some of their new talents and things that we didn't think they could do. They'll start being able to do it as they go forward. Once again, the term I like using is scalability is what they're doing scalable. You think about how they won this game, playing good defense, right? Making sure that you're in the right place at the right time. Is that something you can do on a night to night basis? Yes. You think about what they're doing um, on generating shots for teammates by passing the ball and executing your offensive game plan. Can you do that on a night-to-night -night basis, especially with a guard like Fred and some of the vets we have? Yes. Matchups, making sure that you're scouting your matchups and knowing your personnel, like Coach said. Is that something that is doable on a night-to-night -night basis? Yes. Uh, so you look at all the strengths that they displayed over the past two games. These aren't just anomalies. These aren't, oh my God, uh, he dropped 50. If you look at our starters, let me look. I'm going to read off the starting five. Let me show y'all. Dylan Brooks only had seven points. The highest score in the game was 22 with Jabari. 
Jalen, 12 points on seven shots. Al P, 12 points. Fred Van Vliet, six points. Those are our scores. And we blew a team out by damn near 30 plus points. We 30 balled a team with a bunch of seven, 12, 11 point scores. It's just, that's just the type of way that you got to win. That's real winning. It's not that somebody we shot 60% from three or some of the other ways or we somebody went supernova. Just doing the right things, making the right basketball plays, playing smart leads to victory. And on a night to night basis, when you can play hard, play smart and have one of the best coaches in the league sitting in your corner, you have a chance to beat any team in the NBA because you come in there with an advantage, knowing that you're prepared and you're ready to execute that game plan. Now, every night is not going to be like tonight. There are some nights where teams are going to get hot. Teams are going to have uh, uh, players that we cannot stop. Coaches from opposing teams are going to have a better game plan than ours. But at the end of the day, when we step foot on the court for, as the Houston Rockets franchise on a night to night basis, we have a shot. And honestly, in the NBA, that's all you could ask for. So y'all let me know what y'all thought about uh, the game and what was your favorite part of the game? Was it uh, the defense? Was it the offense? Who was your player that you really, really were surprised at how they played, good or bad? Um, and if you're listening to the podcast this late into it, go ahead and hit that like button. If you're new to the channel, subscribe. Keep rocking with the Chop Shop and we're going to keep dropping that fire.